0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The catch is made by DJ Moore, still going across midfield, inside the 40, the 30. This is Desmond Johnson on the Believe and Carolina Panthers podcast, here on the Believe Podcast Network. The number one podcast network for professionals do you believe If you enjoy the show please subscribe and rate the show on itunes we're available in your favorite directories itunes spotify google play stitcher luminary and tune in you can also find us at believe.com and at believe podcast on twitter oh boy we had an idea that it might happen sometime this week and it did uh welcome to the believe in carolina panthers podcast Desmond Johnson in the house with Sports Illustrated beat writer Skylar Callahan. Uh, all-time Panthers leading rusher Jonathan Stewart. Due to the uh, how quickly we had to put this together, he's not able to join us right at this moment. We'll get his thoughts on what just happened on Monday. Uh, the Carolina Panthers making news. They have hired the sixth head coach in team history in Frank Wright. If you have not heard, Frank Wright is the new head coach of the Carolina Panthers. He has agreed in terms to become the head coach uh, making him the sixth head coach in franchise history. He will be the first head coach here with an offensive background. Uh, And apparently that background made him a very, very appealing choice to owner David Tepper. Um, he was the first starting quarterback in Carolina Panthers history, um, starting the first three games in 1995 before turning it over to uh, rookie Ke- uh Kerry Collins. Uh, and that was after a stint in Buffalo. You might remember he was the backup quarterback for Jim Kelly led the Bit, what was at the time the biggest comeback in NFL history before we get into uh, th- what this hire means and everything else. Keep in mind, it's always open mailbag here. I believe in Carolina Panthers. I know a lot of you guys probably got some thoughts on this hire, good or bad. Feel free to put them here. Uh, we'll be able to answer them as much as we can here on air. Uh, I'm not sure how long we're going to go uh, here today, probably a quick 20, 25 minutes. So if you've got something that you want to express regarding the hire or the non-hire Steve Wilkes or however it may be, go ahead and put it here. and We'll answer it here for you. Skylar, you're in the building. I know your weekend just got a hell of a lot busier uh, with everything oh. going on. Uh, give me your initial thoughts when this dropped and uh, your thoughts on Frank Wright. And I'll, I'll go after you.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, like I, I told you before we started, I, I got that feeling when I woke up this morning that today or tomorrow was going to be when it happened. And uh, thankfully I kind of got ahead of it and was able to get stuff ready for it. So, um, Thankfully, thankfully, I was able to do that, but it's going to be crazy the next couple of weeks. Obviously, we're probably going to have an introductory press conference here at some point. We're going to get to ask uh, Frank a lot of questions. Uh, hopefully, we'll get to ask David Tepper a lot of questions. And interestingly enough, as you're uh, doing the intro there, I was scrolling through Twitter, and I, I haven't got to listen to it, but just from what uh, one of the tweets that I read, apparently, Steve Wilkes was not the runner-up for this job. Wow. It was actually Kellen Moore, which wow. is very, very interesting that because, very interesting. again, the the, the the hand that Steve Wilkes was dealt was a challenging one. I mean, he didn't pick this roster. He did not pick this coaching staff. He had coaches leave. He had players traded away. He had abundance of injuries like this team was lucky, lucky to even make it to the finish line. I don't think people even realize that because they were so short-handed, especially on the coaching staff. Like they, he had to go out there and hire somebody in the middle of the season. Yeah. Um, so it's it's crazy. I really feel for Steve. I, I really, really do because I, I feel like he really wanted this job. He deserved this job, uh, and, and I think he deserves to be an NFL head coach, frankly. But I do understand why Frank Reich was the hire. They need an offensive guy. They need somebody that can come in and fix this quarterback situation because, I mean, let's be honest, Desmond. Like, you look around at this roster, there's not a whole, there's not a ton of holes. It's really, you know, just a, maybe a quarterback away from being a legit contender, not in just the NFC South, but the entire NFC. Yeah. We talked about it for weeks. You look around the NFC, there's no star quarterbacks. There's really not. There, Jalen Hurts, maybe. But outside of that, like, if you can get yourself a, a star quarterback, whether that's trading up into the draft to get a C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young, or you make a trade, or you sign somebody in free agency, like, this team is built to win right now. And I think that's why David Tepper went to Frank Reich because he's got head coaching history, he's an offensive mind, um, so he has the experience over Kellen Moore, and he's an offensive mind, which is – What goes against Steve Wilkes? So
0: before I go into the whole Wilkes versus Reich thing, if you're just now joining us, apparently uh, Wilkes was not even the runner up here. Uh, Dallas offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore, who had his first interview Tuesday, stayed in Charlotte for second interview Wednesday, and apparently really impressed the Panthers front office. However, uh, Frank Wright is the one that gets the job here. an Established offensive mind, uh, he is the first coach in the Carolina Panthers history that'll be from that side of the ball. Everyone else, from Dom Capers to George Seifert to John Fox, Ron Rivera, uh, have all been defensive-minded coach. Matt Rule, of course, didn't want to label himself as offense or defense. He thought of himself as more of a, <laughs> a CEO type of coach. And then, of course, uh, <laughs> uh Wilkes with the defensive background himself. Frank, uh Frank Wright was 40, 33, and one at Indy. Uh, he had multiple starting quarterbacks there and his first four seasons there, they had three top 10 scoring offenses with three different quarterbacks are uh, Andrew Luck, Philip Rivers, at the end of his career and, and Carson Wentz. Uh, they went to the playoffs twice. He was Peyton Manning's position coach as well. Um, he won a Super Bowl ring in Philadelphia as the offensive coordinator in 2017. Uh, that team was playing Nick Foles in the playoffs. If you guys will remember the, the the Philly special and all that stuff, that's Frank, Wright. Uh, And then, of course, 25 years earlier, he was the backup uh, at the time, the biggest comeback in league history. The Bills rallied from 35-3 to to beat the Oilers in the 92 playoffs. I watched that game. And uh, he's the first starting quarterback for the Panthers. He was the uh, starting quarterback here in 1995. Went 0-3, but started the first three games in Panthers history before turning over the reins to rookie at the time, Kerry Collins. Um, The Carolina Panthers have only had uh, top 10 total offenses three times in 28 years. In 1999, under George Seifert in 2008, uh, during John Fox's era, and then 2011, which was Cam Newton's rookie year, if I'm not mistaken. But other than that, they really have not been known as an offensive team at all um, throughout their entire history. And now we can circle back around here to the, the bombshell that Skyler just threw up in here where Wilkes wasn't even – it wasn't between Wilkes and, and, uh, and Wright. Apparently it was between Wright and Moore. What do you think before we go on into the whole Frank Wright bit, what do you think happens now with with, uh, with Steve Wilkes? Because I had seen that Sheena Quick had reported that the Falcons are keeping an eye on the situation regarding Steve Wilkes. What do you think happens with him? Because he hadn't really gotten any interviews from anywhere or any requests as far as I could tell.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's that's still the, the, the one head-scratching thing about this. This whole entire thing is that he did not get any interest from any of the other teams with head coaching vacancies. Now, again, we talked about this earlier in the week. And on why that may be, maybe it's because Steve just wanted to focus on this job and this job only. You know how Steve Wilkes is. He's focused on one thing. He's not focused on 10 things, you know, that, you know, that could be. He's focused on the one thing that that would be the one thing that he wants. And that was the Carolina head coaching job. And he didn't want to place his focus anywhere else. And why would you? I mean, this is this is what he wanted. Um, and he wanted to do everything that he could to prepare for those interviews, and I'm sure he did well. I'm, I'm sure he did well in those interviews. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's not going to be available for very long, and, boy, <laughs> would that be interesting if he ends up in Atlanta? I mean, especially for the how how much this locker room kind of just rallied around him those 13 weeks, and then all of a sudden – you go in a different direction with the head coaching position. And now you have Steve Wilkes in your division going against you. That's, that's interesting.
0: That is very interesting. I, I'm not sure if I like that. Um, <laughs> I'm still, I'm not, I was wondering what was, cause I was starting to feel like the past couple of days when we did the episode Monday, ever since then, I was like, you know what? It feels like it's pointing towards Frank, right? That, that's the the vibe I'm catching really from all the beat writers Everyone kind of in bot, some sources inside, everything else. It felt like it was leaning that way. The fact that Steve Wilkes made it this far in the interview process when normally interim head coaches don't even get another look really is a testament to what he did this season with this roster and this team. Um, I ju- we just got a message from uh, Mr. Jonathan Stewart. He says, I uh, can't jump on, but he's okay with Frank Wright. Everything we should look at is the Eagles Super Bowl team. Heard he's a yeah. solid man as well, which is good to hear amongst peers. Um I know Nick Sirianni almost broke down in tears talking about Frank Wright the other day uh, at the podium just about how he's the best coach he's been around. He's a mentor to him. Um, and it's not like the Eagles can't score. Uh, so, I mean, it it's different. It's new, uh, but it's different, though. Let me ask you this, Skyler. What are the odds of Steve Wilkes staying on as defensive coordinator? Because he wasn't the defensive coordinator when he got promoted. He was the secondary coach. So wouldn't that still be a promotion for Wilkes or do you think that that ship has sailed?
1: I, yeah I, I don't think that's gonna happen I mean like like me and Joe talked about what was it last week i I yeah. think that's just that that's really hard because I mean just think about that you're, you're you're getting a chance to interview for a job that you've really really wanted for a long long time right and you go in you think you knock it out of the park you feel like you were the best man for that job and then all of a sudden they hire somebody else with completely different, background and all that stuff and then they come back to you and say hey Des, i know you're not going to be the the lead you know host or whatever but we'd like to have you back on as a you know as a producer what do you Uh, think that's actually happened to me before um (laughs) and i took it (laughs) i (laughs) I,
0: I ended up taking the producer job and ended up okay parlaying out yeah and to this empire that i've created now i guess so but um i mean that's
1: it's tough. I mean, for Steve, like you could maybe make the case that because he's from Charlotte, because he loves the Panthers, like that, that maybe he could make it work out. But Steve doesn't strike me as a guy that's just going to do something like that. Like, I feel like he's going to want to go and be a defensive coordinator somewhere or even a head coach. I mean, it's still not late for any of these other teams to get involved. There's Yeah, there's still what, four other teams that haven't made a Ooh. hire yet. Um and maybe they were waiting to see
0: uh what was gonna happen uh with that. And now it's gonna can you imagine Stu of Denver hire Steve Wilkes?
1: <laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh. Oh be, my gosh. Oh my gosh. That would be that would be hilarious. But <laughs> um, <laughs> the <laughs> one place they don't want to see him go is Houston because we've seen over the last couple of years they, they're like one and done with coaches for whatever reason. Yeah. And so, that would
0: be the last thing I'd want for for Wilkes is to have a similar yeah. situation as he had in Arizona. Um, I do feel like he was unfairly uh, – that year in Arizona kind of unfairly weighed him down, I think, in this instance. Like, if he had never been a head coach and only a defensive coordinator, maybe oh, he'd be yeah. looked at even weird. this, different was, his only, appeared, this was his
1: only showcase mm-hmm. as the head coach, yeah. I mean, he would definitely be getting opportunities. Just
0: like that and the time with Rivera as the defensive coordinator and he never was a head coach, just like the times he's been D.C., yeah. It almost feels like he would have been looked at the same level as a Kellen Moore or these other guys that never had head coaching experience. But that three and 13 year in Arizona through no fault of his own, he inherited the team. They were, they were a dumpster fire when he got there and he really only got like 10 months to try to turn it around. Nobody can do that in the NFL. Uh, It just feels like it was kind of held against him a little bit more here. Almost like David Tepper in the building today. Do you think maybe he was trying to convince Wilkes to maybe look at the DC position or is this going to be a situation where Reich's
1: going to want his own folks? I mean, it's it's possible. I, I don't rule anything out, um, but I'd probably say it wasn't likely. Um, it was probably just you know, let's get everything done, get the paperwork done, and start on whatever's next. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if that was. Th- th- like I said, it could be. It could have been a thing. Um, but I, I mean, again, for Steve, like th- th- I, I just think there's there's this kind of, like, weird stench that surrounds the, the the interim tag, right? Like, if you are a team that has a head coaching vacancy, you're not going to look at guys that were an interim head coach. Like, Rich Passaccia did a phenomenal job last year at the Raiders. And outside of Rich Passaccia and Steve Wilkes, interims have not had much success. Right. So, those two not getting a job should just tell you right then and there, like, Owners are not going to go and hire interims from other teams. You're going to have to go probably prove it elsewhere. So, I'm, I'm thinking Steve Wilkes is probably going to get a defensive coordinating job. And, I mean, hey, like, I wouldn't be surprised if he does go to Atlanta. He knows this this division. He knows the Panthers. <laughs> and, I mean, he if he goes there and puts together a, a couple of solid seasons, then he's probably going to end up being a head coach here in a couple of years.
0: Yeah. Uh, We're just reacting here to the the news that just dropped at the top of the hour. The Carolina Panthers have hired uh, former Colts head coach, former Panther quarterback Frank Wright uh, as the new head coach, the first offensive-minded head coach in Carolina Panthers history over 28 years. Uh, Garrett Wallach mentions it was the right call. If you hire Wilkes, who the hell is your OC? You're digging the bottom of the barrel. Ten teams looking for OCs right now. Right, let you snap and snipe a young quarterback coach and bring in a vet DC like Vic Fangio.
1: He ain't wrong.
0: I mean, well, actually,
1: he ain't wrong at all. I mean, um, and no one's going to like this, including Garrett. But like I've said before, like I don't think you can judge Ben McAdoo off of this season. And I'm not saying he would have been the guy. I'm not saying that, that that's who would have been the OC had Wilkes got the job. I'm not saying he would have been the right guy, but it's hard to judge anybody. When you have to go through three quarterbacks and you you trade away your best player, you trade away one of your starting receivers, even though he hadn't been productive, that's a lot of change to to kind of go through, especially in your first year in the offense. <laughs> like, I mean, he had a, r- almost a rotating door at quarterback, so I mean, it's hard to really judge Ben McAdoo. Uh, I, I, obviously, with this hire, you don't you don't really see him coming back, but I do expect James Campen to be back the offensive line coach. I think that's one guy Ooh, yes, I would definitely. probably imagine that Frank Reich is going to want to retain. I mean, the, the job that he did with that offensive line is is remarkable too. So um but as far as what Reich's going to do, I mean he's probably going to call the plays himself, but I'm I mean I'm I'm really more interested in what happens with the defensive coordinating spot because yeah. I, I don't really know where that's going to lead him. I'm trying to think of who's out there that they
0: might want to, or uh, like you said, uh, Fangio's out there apparently. Um, just, uh, I don't know. I, I guess we had talked ourselves into it better be still Steve Wilkes or else <laughs> here <laughs> for like a month and a half. Yeah, here. I think all three of us, you me, you, and Stu were all kind of like, well, odds are it might not be Wilkes because of everything we just laid out here. Uh, I didn't know how ahead Frank Wright really was until about a, a day or so ago. Um, but as I sit here going on three o'clock in the afternoon, we've had about an hour now to kind of digest this. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Uh, I actually it makes me think that they are going to go, go for quarterback in the draft. Uh, now we've been dead set against that too. Uh, although I'm seeing CJ Stroud start to get attached to us a lot, but he's not going to be there at nine. We'd probably have to trade up to to do it oh, a yeah. five, you know? So there's a lot of moving parts here, uh, going on, but, the one thing David Tepper said, you know, before was that when, you know, when they let Matt Rule go, if I'm not mistaken, he mentioned what he kind of wanted. Uh, he, you know, he wanted somebody that was more of an offensive mind. Uh, granted, he might have wanted somebody younger. Frank Wright is 61, if I'm not mistaken, but uh, still a lot of gas in that tank. Uh, it, it, it'll, I'll be interested to see what staff he puts together for this, uh, which yeah. I would assume is why they went ahead and announced it today. So he could go ahead and start
1: lining some of that up. Um, I, I don't know if if this would be a connection or not, but Matt Eberflus uh, is currently the defense coordinator with Indianapolis. He was the former head coach of the Chicago Bears. So might be a name uh, to watch out for. I'm not really sure. Uh, obviously, you got to look at some of those Philadelphia connections that he had from their Super Bowl run, which I think is probably the one thing that should give fans a lot of hope in terms of the – yeah, cause I guess what I'm trying to say is if you're a little skeptical like I am in, in some instances with how he did in Indianapolis because of the, the quarterback situation, how they can never get it figured out, just so look what he did at Philadelphia. And yeah. Carson Wentz, like, look look where Carson Wentz is now, okay? He had Carson Wentz looking like an MVP candidate. Yes, in his second season, Carson yeah. Wentz was on the cusp of potentially being the league MVP or at least being a finalist for it. In his second year, he threw 30 touchdowns. He protected the football. He hasn't been the same since. Now, injuries played a big part in that. But you look at his, at his tenure in Indianapolis. Andrew, he had Andrew Luck for a year, and then he unexpectedly retired, which that just sent the Colts down a freaking rabbit hole trying to find yeah. a quarterback. So yeah. they had Jacoby Brissett already there. They, they gave him an opportunity uh, they ran through it with Phillip Rivers. Uh, they went to Carson Wentz. They went to, you know, Matt Ryan. So it was just really kind of like a one, two-year fix at a time kind of thing. And it's hard to do that in this league, as we know. <laughs> We're aware, yeah. <laughs> yeah, all these quarterbacks. So, and, and I don't think that Frank Reich was – a huge part in that. Like I mean, I could be completely wrong, but I don't think his his uh his idea was to keep going through quarterbacks year after year after year. And I mean, let's face it. Their the roster was too good to get a top guy in the draft. So, you know, he's got an opportunity here where he didn't have an in Indianapolis to to be drafting in the top 10 and you have the draft capital to move up to like I said, I wouldn't I wouldn't go up any higher than 5. But you know, if we're going to get a little nitpicky here and you say, Hey, can you want to trade up to four? Okay, whatever, I'll trade up to four. Just four. Like, yeah, it, like, if CJ Stroud is there at four, okay, yeah, I would be willing to, to roll the dice on it. But, I don't
0: know. I actually, Garrett, uh, who homited earlier, brings up a very interesting point now because everything has changed now that Frank Wright's the head coach regarding quarterback. Don't forget a year ago, Reich wanted Derek Carr, the front office went over him and traded for Matt Ryan, or so I've heard wouldn't be surprised if Carr was the proposition at the table when they interviewed him. A lot cheaper than moving up.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's that's certainly certainly a possibility. I mean, I, did, I, saying, didn't want, I didn't want Derek Carr if Steve Wilkes was the coach. You know, like I felt like, nah,
0: I don't think that'll – I don't know if that'll work. I don't know if he'll blossom cool. here.
1: Frank he Wright is, as the coach, that sounds tantalizing now. Here's the difference, though, and I think it's because – Reich has that offensive background, and and look what he did with Nick Foles. Look at what he did with Carson Wentz. Look at what he did with even Jacoby Brissett. Like, even though they didn't meet or exceed expectations in Indianapolis, he still had those guys playing over 500 football for mm-hmm. the most part. So, like, if you can get a guy like Derek Carr, who I think we can both agree is probably much better than any of those quarterbacks I just named, yes then I think you got to like your chances, especially with that defense. Derek Carr did not have anything in Las Vegas until this year when he got Devontae Adams. Mm -hmm. You can maybe say whatever about Josh Jacobs, but the offensive line was trash. They had no receivers uh, until Devontae Adams. That defense was a mess. This is a much different situation. The Panthers do not need a Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. It'd be nice, but – those guys don't fall off trees. <laughs> I, you know what, I'm kind of tantalized by if Derek Carr
0: comes over here, he's the best quarterback in the division, hands down. Like we don't even know who the quarterbacks are going
1: to be. Yeah, I all mean, the teams. If Tom Brady goes to Vegas or elsewhere, I mean, you're talking probably Kyle Trask or somebody else. Uh, New Orleans, maybe the Red Rocket returns again, where they go to Jameis or Taysom Hill. Lord knows what they're going to do. The Falcons, you're going to roll with Desmond Ritter. I might draft another quarterback in this hey, draft. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying next year may be a repeat of this season in terms of you may only need to get the nine wins to win the division Yeah, or nine or 10 wins. Garrett, again, Carr, in, yeah, Carr instantly becomes the best quarterback in the
0: division. It's a legit move, not a reclamation project like Darnold or, or Baker. I agree. I, I, Derek Carr is not a bad quarterback. No, he ain't a bomb. He's he's not. not a bomb. He's not elite, but there's only like four dudes that are. Like we use the term elite yeah. way too much. Like, but That's because we were around Matt Rule for a while. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I feel like elite. We didn't even, we're not even going to go into what Matt Rule talk was talking nonsense earlier this week. I, we somehow he did it after our show on Monday, and now I don't even want to go back to it. I'm tired of giving that dude air. Like <laughs> keeps talking about the Panthers. I don't know why. Um, who was I about to say the uh, with Derek Carr here? He's not. He's not an elite. No, but I would say he's above average quarterback. He's usually about 3,500 yards four thousand yards a season 30 touchdowns he's got someone to throw to and he has a defense on a run game i think he could become a a, a top tier quarterback if he's not on the fringe right now he's kind of at that hmm, jared goff uh justin herbert <laughs> level tua like where they're not like elite but they can win games for you the only elite quarterbacks that really are there Mahomes, Burrow, who am I forget? Lamar Jackson, Yeah. yeah. Who am I forgetting? I, Trevor Lawrence ain't there yet, but he's knocking on the door. Um, hmm. did you say uh, Justin Herbert? No, I didn't count him in there. Uh, have they won a playoff game? Uh, yet, no, I don't
1: think they did. This this was his first one.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to put him in there yet. Lamar's only got one, so he barely gets in there. So really, Burrow, Mahomes, uh, Jalen Hurts. Uh, <laughs> is he elite? I don't know if he's elite. I don't think so, no. And then the conversation with Josh Allen, I was going to kind of say for Monday, uh, how all the comparisons to Cam Newton, since he's come out really, and now it's starting to split off where people are like, this dude ain't Cam Newton. Cam Newton was better. <laughs> Cam Newton yeah. was better than this. Like, this is year five for Josh Allen. By year five, Cam had won a league MVP, been to a Super Bowl, and won three division crowns, like, and numerous NFL records. So, uh, that may, some of them may never be broken. So, when people are comparing them and they're like, well, J- uh, Allen's a more accurate thrower, I went to go look it up. Josh Allen's like a 62% completion thrower for his career. Cam was at fifty eight point nine or something like for his career. They're literally the same player, except Cam was bigger and faster and might have had a stronger arm. Um,
1: so we can now, do, do away with all those comparisons. I think, like I said, I think we can pretty much assume that Frank will call the plays. Um, but as far as offensive coordinator names, there's three that kind of stick out to me: uh, Deuce Staley, who spent some time in Philadelphia with Reich. During that Super Bowl run, he's now with the, the uh, Detroit Lions as running backs coach, assistant head coach. Uh, Kevin Petullo, who is in Philly right now as a pass game coordinator, again, spent time with uh, – well, actually, he spent time with with Reich in in Indy as a receivers coach and pass game specialist. And then Mike Groh, uh, who he was with in Philadelphia and, and in Indy. Uh, is currently the receivers coach in New York with the Giants. So those are three offensive coordinator names that I would probably keep an eye on, even if they're not offensive coordinator. Probably three names that are going to be rumored to 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 join Reich and Carolina in some capacity. I, I, I've I've battled Garrett uh, well, it's multiple times
0: on a uh, on Facebook and Twitter. I do respect his opinion. He's a great uh, football mind. Uh, even though we we don't agree uh, sometimes on personal <laughs> decisions. Uh, he said, I see a lot of our fans pumping this right, which is fired nonsense. People need to actually get context. Ursay is a terrible owner who fired him for a TV analyst on Saturday. Wright's firing literally has no bearing on any of this. It's wild to see our fans go nuts on that take. Our fans are nuts, uh, Garrett. I've learned that just from <laughs> just oh, interacting gosh. with them. I haven't even bothered to look at Twitter yet. I'm gonna eat lunch when we're done with this and then I might go peek at it just to kind of see the reactions. I'm kind of letting them simmer because I I can already imagine uh, the bubbling, the, the the two sides kind of divided. So they got some work to do at this press conference. Uh, I'd imagine it'd be tomorrow. So uh, you're probably going to get a, a notification here today. I would imagine Skylar
1: about when that's yeah, going to down. I'm just uh, waiting for so that to hit the inbox. Right? Uh, I'm okay with, but. I mean, I Monday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I would I would thought they were gonna wait until Monday to do this uh the announcement, but they need to get this thing out here now. Apparently, uh Jarrell Mason says Tepper fumbled with this hire. I think he lost the locker room with this hire. If Wilkes was not the guy all along, then why would Tepper string him on and not let him look elsewhere? Um, I don't think it was a matter of him letting him look elsewhere. Um uh, Wilkes could have
1: took any kind of Inquiry that came uh, I mean, but, to my knowledge. I don't even know that anybody submitted a request to interview.
0: Yeah, that. I don't think so either. Uh, and I don't know if it was because he was the interim or everybody thought he was going to get this job or whatever it might be. But that actually kind of surprised me that then again, if you're on, if you're interviewing for the head coaching position and other teams want to hire you as a DC, well, would that make sense <laughs> to even ask if you're in the middle of uh, interviewing for a head coaching position? Would you at the other team, wouldn't they just wait until you don't get it? And then offer the D.C., which I think the Falcons are about to do. Um, The Falcons interviewed Al Holcomb, uh, our interim defensive coordinator, last week. So the Falcons have been keeping an eye on the situation for quite some time. And it sounds like they wanted to get one or the other, uh, depending on what happened here.
1: I I will say I I think I can speak for everyone um, in Carolina that 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 will be very happy just to know that there is some sort of an offensive identity. Moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, Steve, Steve did a hell of a job trying to to do that on the fly with the, the smash mouth run game. And, and to some extent, I kind of hope that sticks around because I just love that that style of football. And I think it fits well with this defense. But again, if you get a the right quarterback in here, then you're going to have an offensive identity for the first time. And I don't even know since at least I've covered the team, which has been the entire rule era. So. Even Definitely. even the three years where they
0: finished top ten in offense, they weren't known as an offensive team. Uh, right the the ninety nine
1: I mean, identity, they knew what they were trying to do.
0: Yeah, you know? they knew what they yeah they knew what they were trying to do. The the ninety nine team, George Seifert was the head coach. Uh, Steve Burline was the the quarterback. Moose Muhammad, Patrick Jeffers. Well, I haven't heard that name in a while. Patrick Jeffers, Wesley Walls. Uh, they they scored a bunch of points, but they couldn't stop anybody. I remember that team, and I believe Seifert was fired after that year was over with 2008 was the second year they finished 10th overall that was the squad with jake delone steve smith moose d'angelo williams and our boy jonathan stewart that was the year that stew and d'angelo both ran for over 1100 yards each uh, out of the same backfill which i don't think has happened before or since uh that was pretty much towards the end of the john fox era and then the third time was 2011 they finished seventh overall uh cam newton's rookie year I think he threw for over 4,000 yards that season um, and started off that year. If you guys remember the first two games of the season, he's the only rookie quarterback to start his first two starts with over 400 yards passing. They lost both games, but uh, he owns that record. So those are the only times. And even then those teams weren't known as offensive juggernauts or anything like that. And I'm not expecting the Panthers to overnight turn into an offensive juggernaut, but there's elements of what we had from this past year that I hope Wright can keep. Uh, and there's some decisions to make here. Uh, Skyler, Don- Deonta Foreman's a free agent, if I'm not mistaken. He's expressed uh, wanting to come back here. Uh, I want to say Bradley Bozeman is a, is going to be a free agent. He wants to come back here. Um, Austin Corbett had the surgery on his ankle. I'm not, I can't remember the length of his deal, but you want to keep that line together. You want to keep the offensive line uh, coach Campion that came in, like you said earlier in this uh, episode. Because that was the bright spot of this team was the, the, the offensive line and the change that they had. If you want to attract a guy like a Derek Carr to come here, I mean, you can tell him, hey, look, we feel like we have a top 10 offensive line. We feel like we got a top 10 run game. and We feel like we got a defense that's on the verge of being elite. Does that sound like something you might be interested in? <laughs> because that's <Yeah. laughs> that sounds like heaven to me. I'm like, okay, let's go because we can do something with that. I just don't want us to trade up in this draft and trade away draft picks. Like I just – that's the one thing I don't want. I was okay with Wilkes or Wright. I wanted Wilkes for my own personal reasons, but I'm okay with with
1: with Wright. I'm yeah, okay with him. I I understand some some people's thoughts in terms of trading picks because like they they always say, well, draft picks are unknown, right? You don't know what you're going to get with them, and when you're trading picks for a player, you at least know what you're getting in that player. Well. To me, like I'm always a draft guy, right? Like I'd, I'd rather hold on to my picks because, I mean, like if you're pick if you're picking ninth overall at like Carolina is this year, like the the odds are you're probably gonna get a really good player <laughs> at that number nine spot. It's not like you're picking in the back end of the first round and it's kind of a crapshoot at that point. Like you're picking in the top ten, you're probably picking a guy that's gonna be a, a cornerstone of your franchise for the next ten years. Yeah. So. I mean, especially if you move up, even if it's you know a few spots, I mean that's just going to increase the, the the likelihood of that actually coming to fruition. But I don't know. I, I'm a guy that has a difficult time of of, of parting with picks. So I would probably be a very bad GM, but I don't know. <laughs> I, I'd be the guy sitting there trying to to get as many picks as I can. They're like if I entered the a rebuild, I'd be like <laughs> if if I came to Carolina and now nah, I wouldn't trade Brian Burns or anything like that. But I'm just saying like. You know, if I came to Carolina and, and I, you know, Matt Rule's situation essentially, and <laughs> Cam Newton was there, I wouldn't be cutting him. I'd be like, all right, hey, I'll trade you, Cam Newton, for a couple of picks. I'll yeah. trade you. Give me a four. You know, even if Luke gave me a little bit of an inkling that he's going to retire, I'd be like, hey, hold on just one second. Let me try to trade you, for <laughs> <trying this> <laughs> trade you to the Saints real quick, see what
0: they got. Yeah. Hey, we're trying to trade Luke. What's going on? Uh, Robert Ashton says So the Panthers hired an offensive minded coach, presumably to help develop a new young quarterback that we will draft. What exactly has Reich done for quarterbacks or offensive in general? I think that Robert came in late because uh, we, uh, the one thing that, that appealed. Uh, to the Panthers' front office and and uh, owner David Tepper was Frank Wright's background with quarterbacks. Um, He's, yeah, coach, he's coach Peyton Manning. He's coach Philip Rivers. He's coach Andrew Luck. Uh, he got Carson Wentz, a $100 million contract. He won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. Um, I mean. And,
1: and Jacoby did not look that bad in that one year that he was a starter.
0: Yeah, he did not. Because at first when they announced him a starter, we were like, what? And then, like, you know, five, six weeks go by, and the Colts are like, you know. Five well, two,
1: 500.
0: Yeah. So, so I mean he did he did fine. He, so that's not the issue with Frank Wright, uh, Rob. That his his ability with quarterbacks. In fact, that's probably the reason why he was hired because that's his strength. Um, Malcolm X says he's uh <laughs>
2: <laughs> Yo, I'm gonna tell you why we mess I'm gonna tell you why we bad, son.
0: I mean, I get it, I get it. Uh, there was a strong Steve Wilkes contingent that wanted uh him in here, us included, but Again, if it means Steve Wilkes gets a job elsewhere, then I'm all right. If it means Steve Wilkes yeah. doesn't get a job anywhere because he was going through all this, then I'm going to feel a certain way about it. But the man deserves to be employed. That's a damn good coach. Like, he needs to have a job somewhere. Um, and in a better world, I wish it was here. I wish it was with us. I wish it was – I almost wish Ben McAdoo became the interim and and Wilkes became the defensive coordinator, and then he could kind of just remain <laughs> as the defensive coordinator. It wouldn't be as awkward. You know what I mean? But – then again, we probably wouldn't have went five hundred if Ben McAdoo was the interim head coach. So, um, man, defensive uh, coordinator options: Vic Fangio, Brian Flores, Mike Zimmer, Jim Swartz, Gerard Mayo. I don't think Gerard Mayo is going to be an option. I think then the Patriots just extend him to some crazy deal for an assistant. Yeah,
1: they're from from what I'm gathering, it's almost kind of like. Well, this is purely speculation, but they're almost kind of like keeping him around to potentially be Bill's successor. Um and Schwartz, he's now uh he's with Cleveland. So yeah, so you can throw him out uh as
0: well. Ionidas Bozeman and Foreman are the big free agents. He expects two of three to return. Out of those three, I'd want Foreman and Bozeman. Ionidas you can you can replace a defensive lineman in the draft. They need to replace uh they need to get someone for Burns on the other side in the draft anyway. So I don't remember us really even calling out Matt Iandai's name a whole lot this season anyway. So I don't think they'll retain him. But Bozeman was a crucial factor in turning that offensive line around. And I ain't got to talk about our boy Deontay Foreman. Like, he he wants to be here. Like, he sees what they're doing. I think I'm more excited about the fact that with this hire, in a strange way, you go away from the defensive-minded coach. But now you're giving yourself an opportunity where, with Wright, I feel more comfortable bringing in uh, quarterbacks that aren't young you know, like yeah, like yeah. a Derek Carr or re-signing Sam Darnold
1: or or both or whatever. Well, you know, I mean, just just think about it. I mean, it, it kind of it didn't sound like or it didn't feel like that whenever it was going on, but now you look back and you're like, man, okay, so the Panthers had Teddy Bridgewater, they had Cam Newton, they had Sam Darnold and Matt Corral and PJ Walker, and who did they have to develop them? Sean Ryan, yeah. I mean, I'm not not trying to disrespect Sean Ryan by any means, but like, come on now. <laughs> like, this isn't Frank. And I'm not saying Frank Reich is a quarterback whisperer, but I mean, he seems to know what he's.
0: I mean, you know, it kind really of feels doing. like he is. Like, looking at the track record of who, like, I don't understand people saying that he had a bunch of uh, bad quarterbacks. That's not true at all. Uh, he,
1: he got stuck in a bad situation with luck, getting yeah. going to retirement. And then they went through a bunch of. Guys that were really made to be backups that had to start and then guys that were just kind of on the end of their deal and they had no like and, and towards the end of their career like uh, Philip Rivers or Carson wentz uh, that had been injured and stuff and they they needed an, an upgraded quarterback badly so like they, they had to make a decision they had to go get somebody I mean it, so okay
0: 2017 right helped Carson wentz go 11 and two. He was the front runner for MVP before he got a season-ending in, uh, injury. Nick Foles took over. The Eagles win the Super Bowl. Nick Foles was the Super Bowl MVP. Um, Frank Wright was the one kind of orchestrating all of that. Uh, he's worked with Hall of Fame quarterback Philip Rivers. Wait, Philip Rivers in the Hall of Fame? Future Hall of Fame? Because <laughs> I'm reading this off ESPN. I'm like, hold on now. Wait a minute, Philip Rivers ain't in the Hall of Fame. Future Hall of Fame quarterback Philip Rivers uh, when he was with the San Diego Chargers and the Colts. Um, Andrew Luck, Jacoby Brissett, Philip Rivers, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan—I uh, mean, he's been around quarterbacks. I thought it said he was—he uh, coached Peyton Manning for a year or two, also. Uh, yeah. I thought, if I'm not mistaken, so he knows what good quarterback play is. He's seen it before. Like that makes me feel a bit more comfortable about the hire because that tells me that David Tepper is sick and tired of this musical chairs at the quarterback position. Because think of all the money that David Tepper's had to spend on quarterbacks since he bought this team. And has not had uh, a winning season. <laughs> You're like what was it? Year 4 that he's had the team, and or five. When did you buy the team, uh, I think
1: five. I can't remember now. Or going into
0: year five, I'm pretty sure. Um, so, hmm, interesting, interesting. You, my boy, blue super fan, believing Carolina Panthers says, "WTF? Didn't we hire Wilkes then overpaid?" Uh, Reich, Reich to be the OC, we don't think that they would have done that. Uh, we've already discussed that. We don't think it was going to be a situation where it'd be a combo deal, although it's nice to talk about on Twitter. People kind of fantasized about it. These are two grown men, like, they don't want to, like, you don't have you don't stay with Wilkes and then bring in Reich or keep Reich and bring in Wilkes because it's just going to make it where the, eventually the locker
1: room is going to get divided. You, you got I mean, to take one or the other. I guess here's, here's one way you could think about it, too. When the Packers drafted Jordan Love, what do you think Aaron Rodgers did? How did he take that? Not very well. Yeah, yeah. Same thing when Brett Favre was a starter and Aaron Rod—they drafted Aaron Rodgers. You you drafted a man at the same position, and or you you or you kind of look at it like this in a coaching s- uh, situation where you are offered the same job and the other guy gets it. Like I don't think the other guy wants to be around that other guy. <laughs> yeah right yeah and so then then you have like a um especially if they don't have any connection like prior
0: coaching history together I don't think so uh we can check on that well we got the whole weekend to kind of put the other Monday show who knows they might start putting a staff together by the time we come back in here on Monday and we'll get Stu's opinion on all this because they'll have the whole weekend to kind of mull it over um I will put Sean uh Sean Papa Lisbon makes it a very good point we got the best coach in our division is the upside and if you look at the coaches. In the NFC South, he's right. I mean, you got at least the most accomplished one right now
1: at the moment. Uh yeah. I mean Dennis Allen, you don't know because he's it's only one year. Um Todd Bowles, good defensive mind. I, I just don't know that he's a head coach. Yeah. Um coach Arthur sports. Smith is, Arthur Smith will be fired after next year, probably. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. I've never been an Arthur Smith guy. And I mean, he, he ain't getting that thing turned around. So maybe hey, Steve Wilkes
0: goes over there as the defensive coordinator. Maybe it's uh, not another interim position. Nah, maybe it's Steve Wilkes head coach next year, the Atlanta Falcons coming in here to take on Frank Wright and the, Oh my gosh. <laughs> I think I just oh, made that happen. Man. That sounds almost like that's exactly what might happen. Um. <sighs> You, my boy, Blue, just got back from picking up my daughter from school. Missed the beginning of the show. I have hopes for the new coach. Just heartbroken about Wilkes. Yeah, I think Wilkes won us over by the way the team uh, gravitated to him over the course of the year. And I think, really, it's this podcast. This podcast is really the the, the problem. (laughs) Because if we weren't doing this podcast, we wouldn't really be talking about it so intimately every week. And I think that's what kind of made us fall for Wilkes. So it's almost like you were rooting for the guy and then he doesn't get it but the consolation prize is a guy that's got super bowl experience coaching experience he's worked with a bunch of great quarterbacks in the past you know you need a quarterback the defense is pretty much okay as long as you got somebody there to run it correctly i mean this actually is not a bad hire it's actually a good hire for the panthers now if they had hired somebody with no connection to carolina whatsoever then yeah we'd probably have a different show right now um uh, and there's been a lot of comments uh, coming in here from this. Appreciate everybody. Ellen Moore, it. <laughs> it, after, especially after the whole Zeke, uh, we, we would have had a heart attack. <laughs> and and he, I was starting to get a little worried, actually, seeing that he stayed overnight. They told him to stay for the second, like the next day. I was like, ugh. Yeah, More Moore sounds like he might be the
1: dude, but which I don't really understand what that was. I don't. I never got really any clarification. Uh, to be honest with you, um, I, this whole search has kind of been a mess to be honest with you, mm-hmm. like, it, to, to be able to get stuff confirmed has kind of been a pain in the you know what, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know if that was really a second interview or if it was just, Hey, I like, maybe they started late in the day and they're like, all right, we're tired. Let's, let's finish let's this. Roll it over to tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> we'll like, have some breakfast who, up. who knows what that
0: was. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, Willie, super fan, believe in Carolina Panthers, says, who needs defense now that we have an offensive-minded coach? Said with some salt. I know Willie was a Steve Wilkes fan, so he said he's going to need a couple days to kind of process this. (laughs) Uh, I don't know what Robert Ashton has been watching (laughs) when it comes to Frank Wright and quarterbacks, because he he is adamant that Frank Wright has not helped any of these quarterbacks that he's uh, coached, uh, including the one that has the Super Bowl MVP and the other one that got a $100 million contract
1: going 11-2 with Frank Wright as offensive coordinator. Like I'll put, it, I'll put it this way. Frank Wright, in his quarterback situation in Indianapolis, was not much better than what Carolina had here, and he had that team winning football games.
0: Almost the same. Yeah, you lose your franchise guy. Andrew Luck retires. Cam Newton just gets injured to the point where you can't use him anymore. You start bringing in these bridge guys or these older guys or whatever. Bridgewater. Bridgewater. Uh, like us, uh, Sam Darnold, like us, Baker Mayfield, like us. They bring in a high draft pick, pre- like Carson Wentz. Uh, same kind of situation. They just kind of ran out of patience with him up there. I was actually surprised Andy let
1: him go. Uh, but I've seen yeah. a lot of Colts fans say that he was kind of the scapegoat of the whole situation, and I feel like in a lot of the comments that I've seen so far from Colts fans is that like it's nothing but good stuff. It's like. Wish him the best. He's going to be really good. It wasn't his fault. Yada, yada, yada. So that's that's encouraging. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, I think
0: we've I think we've got the gist of it here. Um, We will be back Monday with a brand new episode. Panthers all time leading rusher. Jonathan Stewart will be with us. We'll uh, probably have some more info to give you as uh, they start to flesh out this roster and this uh, coaching staff. If I'm not mistaken, they, they had like you know combine and stuff like that coming up here soon, so they needed to get this in order so they could go ahead and start putting stuff in place, which is probably why they went ahead and announced it today. I'd imagine the other coaching openings in the NFL are going to start falling like dominoes now uh, at this point. And actually, hold on a minute, hold on, hold on just a minute. I was about to get out of here, but uh, <laughs> John the Stewart oh, live did. at the very end. Uh, what's up, man? Yeah, we can hear you. What's going on? <laughs>
2: Ah uh, man you know we just out here ro- rolling around these streets streets of Charlotte.
0: <laughs> anything going on anything going on in charlotte right now Are they, they're pitchforks out there they, you know confetti like how was the vibes
2: oh <laughs> uh, man i don't know what happened
0: <laughs> oh you know uh the panthers just uh messed around and hired a new coach um Real quick before we get out of here, because we were only planning on going like 20 minutes and we ended up, of course, going double the time that we normally do. Give us your uh, your your opinion here, Stu. What uh, what's your thoughts on this? Frank Wright, former coach of the Panthers, former Indianapolis coach, uh, not coach of the Panthers, former quarterback of the Panthers, uh, former coach of the Colts, former OC of the Eagles. He gets the job. And Skyler broke it at the beginning of this that apparently he he uh, Steve Wilkes was not the runner-up. Apparently it was between Kellen Moore and, and uh, Frank Wright. So give me your thoughts on this.
2: Well, I mean, I think right now we're looking at, you know, a transition here with the Carolina Panthers organization. Um, and I'm not necessarily mad at it. You know, I think my – obviously for the last, what, three months, four mm-hmm. months – two months, I don't know, I've been very, you know, set on Coach Wilkes, and, and that occurs when you know what you know, and, you know, and I think sometimes, you know, the hard decisions that are, that are had to be made, you know, come from people that are capable of uh, removing emotion from a decision. And that's what was done because we have an offensive-minded head coach. And I think that is something, obviously, that we've been wanting to, um, you know, look at with the Carolina Panthers is how can we get better on offense? How can we get better at the quarterback's position? Um, Frank Wright, um, he, he fits that mold, right? Um San Diego Chargers, Phillip Rivers, um, you know, you look at the, you know, he, I mean, even at the receiver position, you know, he's spent time, you know, with Larry Fitzgerald over there in Arizona. Um, you have, obviously, the Super Bowl of Philadelphia Eagles. Um, you, you think about, you know, the, the miraculous throwback, you know, touchdown catch by the quarterback in the end zone. Um, Philly, so you think of Philly Shuffle or
0: whatever it was called? Philly Special, Philly Special, yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I mean, you you think of plays like that, and you think of you know Super Bowl teams and moments that really cap capture, you know, the elements of a good team or a great team for the the, the Philadelphia Eagles since they've won that Super Bowl he was offensive coordinator there. Um, and you talk and you, you listen to people talk about that team and how special it was and how special the locker room was and how much of a, you know, unit they were. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, from what I hear, he's a great, great man, a great coach. Um, you know, I, I know some guys that played for him um, during that time when he was at Philly and hopefully you know there's things that he brings to the carolina panthers that really kind of fit those molds of those teams that he's played on where or he that he's coached for um where he's been able to leave a a lasting impression as far as you know bettering the, the offensive side of the ball um and hopefully you know he's got some ideas as far as bringing in an oc and a dc that really you know um, enhance the rest of you know the squad as well. So
1: you know I'm not mad. At,
2: I'm not mad at the situation. I, I'm I'm my heart hurts for Coach Wilkes because Coach Wilkes is an absolutely amazing co- uh, coach and a, a, just an amazing person um, and has the respect of so many players around the league within the organization in Charlotte, the whole community of Charlotte, shoot, North Carolina, might as well just say that. Mm -hmm. And I have the most, uh, I have the, like, I I believe that he'll get another job somewhere else. And uh, I'm glad they were able to just break the news now. So that way he can go and and look for other opportunity elsewhere, um, and have a fair chance and a fair shot at doing that. Um, But, yeah man, I don't think that, I don't think Carolina I don't think Panthers Nation should be hanging their heads about this coaching hire. Um, cuz it definitely could have been, you know, slim pickings. But we're glad that we didn't have, you know, that situation where we had slim pickings. And I believe that this is a good sh- I think we got a good shot at really enhancing our offense and um at the quarter, especially at the quarterback position because no matter what, you know, you have to coach not just the starting quarterback, but the quarterbacks that are under the starter. And you look at the Philadelphia Eagles team even. I mean, Nick Foles comes in and just takes them right on through the playoffs and they win a Super Bowl. <laughs>
0: <You> <laughs> That's Frank right. So, yeah.
2: yeah. That's <laughs> so Frank Wright. I, I, uh, I think that says a lot about, you know, who he is as a coach and what he offers. And so I look forward to seeing that with the Panthers.
0: Nick Sirianni, uh, head coach of the Eagles right now, uh, was talking about Frank Wright at the podium last week or a couple days ago and got emotional talking about him. He said he's he's his mentor. He's the best football coach he's ever been around. Nothing but high praise for him. I've seen players, previous players, like with the Colts and other teams have come out and said, you know, this dude is legit. He's a a coach. Um, I do love the fact that if it wasn't going to be Wilkes, at least it's someone who has ties here. I think the one thing we learned yeah. this year is that it's important to to have someone who has an idea of what it is to be here, as opposed to just plucking somebody like a Kellen Moore and just dropping him in here and hoping he gets yeah. it. That that, yeah. that that makes me feel a little better because Frank Wright lives here. Frank Wright has a house in Charlotte. Like he, he's lived here for years. And matter of fact, it was funny because uh, they posted it like a week ago or two weeks ago. Frank Wright's daughter just got a job in the Panthers front, like in the marketing department or something, I can't remember what it was, but it was like right at the end of the year or maybe like a month before the year ended, it was completely non-related to Frank Wright getting the job. But I remember everybody put it up there like it was a clue, like, ooh, look, Frank Wright's daughter works for the Panthers. So it's gonna be Frank Wright. Turns out it was Frank Wright, but had nothing to do with that. But point being, they have a connection to the community. They have a connection to Charlotte. They have a connection to the Panthers itself. And for Frank Wright, I don't know if he interviewed anybody else. Did he? Did he interview with any other teams? Uh, Um, I can't say. Arizona, I believe. Arizona. But the fact that it was just Arizona and Carolina, and then once he got far enough into the process with Carolina, it feels like he wants to be here, uh, and he understands what needs to happen going forward. I'm with you, Stu. Me and and Skylar were talking about this before we came on. It's, I'm I'm excited because it's something new. We've never had an offensive coordinator or an offensive-minded head coach here yeah. before, so that's different. Uh, I do yeah, feel for Wilkes. Like, and I
2: think like and I think, yeah, and I think we're like we're we're so you when you get used to something, right? It's hard to imagine something else, and so like obviously like your feelings were tied to something, but what Tepper's done is just kind of opened the box for everybody right and especially you know with everything that's happened in the previous years with the coaching and all that like this is something that was intentional and thought through and i feel like the decision being frank like this gives me this this gives should give everyone a sense of hope for the carolina panthers because this it makes sense you know what i'm saying and um the um the other aspects of all this is that he's 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 really a solid guy um and hopefully that makes it easier for the locker room to accept this coach, you know what I'm saying and accept you know what's to come you know next and 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 move in the right direction forward and and that being, you know, you hear the the NFL and the peers around the league vouching for this guy, it makes it all better for the organization to say, you know what? This is great. Thank you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it it it's a culture thing at the end of the day. And and obviously if you have a coach on TV interview that's doing an interview about a coach that was his mentor, almost going into tears. I mean, I mean, this, I mean, Frank has had that type of impact on, on a lot of people. And I'm excited for the locker room to be able to have that type of experience with the coach um, of this caliber.
0: The um, Brad Holt, believing Panthers fan, says the players for the Colts love Reich. uh it's your boy says uh, the Wilkes supporters hella salty right now. He's a Walmart version of coach Carter. The way the players tried to gas him up. Reich did more in four years with bum quarterbacks than Wilkes or most head co- other head coaches. I mean, I don't know if I call Philip rivers and uh, the ones he had up in Indy bums. Uh, they were at the tail end of their careers. Uh, and that, again, that's because Andrew Luck decided to retire like eight years into a career. Not the blue. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah.
2: it's, it, it's your boy. It's your boy. What's his name? It's a, it's, it's, your it's, your, it's your
0: boy, Blue. Nah, nah, this is different. This is a different guy. It's your boy. Uh, <laughs> um, I, yeah, yeah, that yeah, whole.
2: Man, hey,
0: man, he's a no Coach Carter, yeah, dog. man,
2: relax with
0: all that. it's <laughs> yeah, a little harsh, that. don't you think? Coach like, Wilkes is Coach Wilkes, what, brother. Yeah. And, I, and I do want to give a shout-out to David Tepper before we get out of here. Uh, yeah. Because they could have just hired Wilkes, they could have hired like well, they could have interviewed two or three dudes and then just hired Wilkes and gone on, and we'd have been plucking along doing what we were doing. Uh, but yeah. they did their due diligence; they really went out and interviewed or requested multiple people. They interviewed nine people, uh, yeah. and and to Tepper's defense, he said what he wanted when he fired Rule. He said the next yeah. guy that comes in here, he want he'd prefer an offensive minded guy, uh, maybe a little younger. Um, he he stuck to his guns. He he said what he wanted, and he went out and got what he wanted, uh, which is typically right. what billionaires do. <laughs> 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 I mean, and, and
2: I think, and the credit though, going back to the fact that it's just not an offensive mind. It's a it's a good it's a it's a man that has respect proven. around the league. Yeah, and he's proven and he's seasoned. He's a players' coach. He's played the game. He understands what the guys are going through in the locker room. He understands what it takes to win games. He knows what it's like when a guy gets injured. He knows what it's like when a guy, you know, has family issues at the house, and but they're still having to be at the stadium and prepare. And so it's it's a whole it's a whole lot that goes into this that a lot of people don't really think about, which is why the players gravitated to co- to Coach Wilkes because he understood that you know, from the players' point of view. He, I mean, he played at App State. Like, you know, he he's coached in the league and, and, and he has the respect of the players. That's really what makes a good coach. When you are able to get guys to buy in, that's all that matters. And so if he was able to get guys to buy in from um, uh, uh, offensive coordinating position and for guys to feel his effect... From the offensive coordination, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. Uh, to have that type of effect as a coach, not a head coach for the Philadelphia Eagles, but an assistant coach, offensive coordinator, and everyone's able to say nothing but good things about you. I mean, that's pretty. That's a high stand. That's a high standard. Yeah. And Tepper went out and saw that and found that and he brought it to Carolina, um, and. You no, know, I think that's an A plus grade selection right there.
1: And I and, think the the one thing too that fans kind of just look at is that they just look at, at Frank being oh he was fired right he was fired just this past season. Well, two things: one to kind of build off of what Stu just said about players buying in. I think if that was an issue with Frank, he wouldn't have lasted for four plus years in Indianapolis. He would have been gone oh, much sooner than that. And yeah. second. Well, I think if you if you take this season away, and if you told Panthers fans before the year, look, you probably know how this year is going to go. Matt Rule is probably going to get fired. If you would take Frank Reich today as your coach, what would you say? If you, if you asked the Panthers fan that before the season, I guarantee you they would say in a heartbeat, absolutely, Frank Reich. Yeah, with yeah. Matt Rule it? yes. <laughs> They're like, where do we sign up for that? Let's
0: go ahead and make that happen right now. Um, and again. Reich has connections here. He's not an outsider. Like he wanted to be here. He lives in Charlotte. He's lived in Charlotte for decades. Like he he was the first Carolina Panthers starting quarterback in franchise history. So this isn't a situation where uh, they just brought in another dude. They actually yeah. did some diligence to make sure this was a good fit. And we said it here. If it wasn't gonna be Wilkes, it was probably gonna be Reich because Reich fit all he checked off all the boxes that Wilkes did, except actually Reich had a little bit more. Boxes to check. Like he had some other things that unfortunately Wilkes didn't. The The head coaching experience uh, for longer than 12 months, coaching and winning in a Super Bowl, like things like that. Wilkes just doesn't have it on his resume. And as much as we love the man and saw what he could do, it's not like there ain't other guys that can do the same thing. Not everybody can do it in terms of motivating a team, but clearly there are other guys that can motivate You know, football teams. Uh, it's not just a Steve Wilkes trait that nobody else has. So We have to just kind of let's just marinate on a little bit i'd advise everybody to stay off twitter today you know just sit on it for a little while um we'll be back uh we'll be back monday with a brand new episode uh shout out to jonathan stewart for popping in uh right here at the very end there uh appreciate that because i know a lot of the folks i'm looking around the side we've got a lot of comments a lot of people viewing uh this particular episode we kind of thought that was going to happen whenever it finally dropped um that are interested in some stuff here's some homework though uh Stu, people are asking ask stewart who he wants as quarterback and uh there was one earlier um where someone was asking about you know the whole offensive defensive minded head coach or whatnot if you think that that held back uh ron rivera being a defensive coach when you were here if that held back the offense at all i don't know if that's a question you want to go to um but that was something somebody had asked Earlier, I can't find it now, but that's stuff that we can save for Monday, um, as well as reviewing the conference championship, uh, Sunday. So, we got a lot that we'll get to on Monday. Of course, it'll be tell them why you're mad.
2: Yeah, Yo, I'm gonna tell you why we mad, son. I'm gonna tell you why we mad, son.
0: And maybe a lot of you'll be mad at this. Um, so we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Um, you, my boy, blue says thank you, Coach Wilkes. Uh, yeah, definitely thank you from Panther Nation for what you did this year, uh, and, and saved us from a third year of ineptitude from uh, Matt rule and his regime and what was going on there. He actually gave us a season where we were actually happy to watch football on Sundays through the end of the year. He gave us meaningful football in December. And I don't think Panther nation will forget that uh, anytime soon. So um, as those start coming in now where people are showing their, their love for Wilkes and of course the J Stu. Um, Well, again, we'll be back. Uh, If you haven't already, subscribe to the Tobacco Road Sports Radio YouTube channel. You'll get notifications for when Believe in Panthers is going to go live. Usually we're in the mornings or around around lunchtime. Um, Rate and subscribe. All major podcast platforms you can find us there. Spotify, iTunes, Google, Stitcher, and more. Uh, For Sports Illustrated, Skyler Callahan. For Jonathan Stewart, I am Desmond Johnson. You've been watching and listening to the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast. We got a new head coach, y'all. Welcome, Frank Wright, into the family keep on Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a 5-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.
2: You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks?